as if. Looking out a dirty old window, outside the cars in the city go rushing by. I sit here alone and I wonder why. Friday night and everyone's moving. I can feel the heat, but it's soothing heading down. Hello and welcome back to Minute 5 of As If. The podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I, once again, am your host, Darren. And with me today are Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello. And Caroline. Hello, Caroline. Hi. Welcome back. And we are, we're in the midweek here. And um, we start this minute with Cher um, mid-speech, walking away from the uh, kerfuffle of uh, proto-Ike and Tina Turner. And we finish with Cher in the middle of what I'm going to say is probably one of the top ten speeches committed to film. So, high school boys. Yeah, and in and in this minute, we we get to see the classroom for the first time. And I I I don't understand being as being that I never went to an American high school. I'm not fully clear on exactly what this is, but to me, it seems like Mr. Hall has a specific class. And yeah, it's definitely, it. this is all made up. Like, the, there's no clear <laughs> distinction as to whether it's, like, homeroom or speech class of some kind. I think they're just using him as, like, the teacher. Yeah, I figured it might be homeroom, but then he has them debate, and then he gives yeah. out grades. So yeah, homeroom is, I like, 15 minutes at the beginning class. of the day. There's no, like, material in it. But first of all, before we get to that, because we have, we st- I mean, Cher is basically all over this minute mm-hmm. um, and though we meet Wallace Shawn I, I think we can save him to later on in the week because he has more to do um, in this he's just giving out instructions so we're continuing Cher's voiceover and she's talking about high school boys and she's saying they're like dogs you have to clean them and feed them and they're just like these nervous creatures that jump and slobber all over you and as she says that um, one of these teen <laughs> these high school boys Decides to put his arm around Cher and she pushes him off and says the uh, the infamous words, as if. As if. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and imitate how Alyssa Silverstone does it. Um, and you can hear Cher saying those words in that way at the beginning of this podcast because I'm using that as the introduction to oh, nice. every episode. So you're probably going to grow tired of hearing it, but I just love it. And let's talk a lot about a bit about. Um, kind of this interaction because I mean I never went I I mean I'm going to say Caroline would you agree with this opinion of high school boys well Um, I'm actually not a good authority on that anyway because I went to an all-girls Catholic school for high school I did not go to school with boys at all for this very reason I'm sure Um, (laughs) but yeah I I, from what I gather I don't have I I don't have much material reason to disagree with Cher on this assessment um, and that's why I uh, am perhaps a little bit less grossed out by the whole her and Josh thing, because she says right from the beginning that like that is the kind of man she wants or the man she thinks she wants happens to take the form of someone she didn't know she wanted. Um, and then there's this incident. And now, I mean, I'm going to say if this film was done today, I'm not sure if a filmmaker would try to do this. Like, just have a random guy walk up to... Yeah, what the fuck? Share. That's like... Yeah, that's I, yeah. As if seems like a pretty graceful response, just being kind of like, 
assaulted in the middle of of school. I kind of was surprised it happened. (laughs) Scary. What's even weirder is if you look in the background, uh, and this is something I didn't mention in the last minute, but which I'll kind of focus on a little bit here. Um, The background extras um, seem like they're adults. They don't seem like they're teenagers. (laughs) And I don't mean they seem like they're adults, like Stacey Dash is an adult pulling off being a teenager. I mean, a lot of them in the background... Yeah, they just look like they're just like wearing like, khakis. Tw- yeah, they just look like they just look like a bunch of like twenty-year-old guys and and girls like wandering around. And and as as Cher is walking away, um, you can see that everyone is looking at her. Like all the guys as, that she walks past are all mm-hmm. turning their heads and they're all staring at her as she walks away. Well, I think it's because out of just out of frame, perhaps in this minute, is the thigh-high stockings she's wearing with high heels <laughs> to and from school every day. So that might have something to do with it. I guess, but I just I, something that I noticed when I was re-watching for this minute and, um, and formatting the script so that I know when the minutes are. And I noticed that a lot of the extras are basically staring at Alyssa Silverstone. And then this guy just walks up and puts his arm around her. And I'm like, I mean, obviously, in the context of a 1995 teen comedy, it's not that sinister. But looking mm-hmm. at it now, it seems like kind of like a, a super hostile environment for yeah. a teen girl to be walking through. And it's just so, such a kind of an odd moment. Obviously, Cher just pushes this guy to one side with a, quite a lot of force. And there's and... no problem, but... Yeah, weird. and that's and that's creepy. the and that's the end of that scene. We cut, you know, we cut to inside the classroom, and it's just a brief little moment. But it is kind of um, viewed through the lens of 2016. It is a little weird to see, like, kind of assaults just happen and be brushed off so quickly without any kind of comment. It could be that Cher is just is this an actual celebrity in the sense that people are uh, random strangers want to literally get a piece of her whenever possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she does say at the very beginning when she gets in, when she introduces herself, she she actually um, something that I didn't really go over, but I think is kind of interesting to to kind of read is um, when she's in the the jeep and she's talking about Dion, and she says um, she's my friend because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us. <laughs> so that's that suggests that although from our, from from Cher's point of view, she seems quite popular and she seems to be running with the popular kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a couple of thousand kids in that school who probably do not like, you know, they do not like her and and she's not popular to them. Um, but, you know, we'll never know because we only ever get things kind of from Cher's point of view. Um, but, you know, I just thought that kind of little incident was quite interesting. Um, well, this is this is another I think that I'm not sure if it is. There are any shots like this in the minutes that were covered, but there are the, the few shots that we do get that are supposed to be admiring Alicia Silverstone admiring Cher's body. I was actually really taken aback by how different that felt to watch than it is like a typical like admiring a woman in a movie. Um, I think that because Cher is so clear on the fact that she knows she's beautiful and that her uh, her aesthetic choices, her style choices, her way of being physically in the world is essential to her view of herself and how she exerts power and influence on people benevolently but it does so it doesn't like when we look at her it doesn't necessarily feel to me at least uh, in the same sort of voyeuristic way that i think we're more more trained to see women in movies with i think that because it's so clear that Cher is in control it doesn't feel as like greedy to look at her and i'll say this having like having met her dad as we did 
you know, a few minutes ago, I have no doubt that kind of, although we find out later on in the film, you know, he's very protective and very threatening towards any males that come near her. Um, I have no doubt that he has trained her to kind of look after herself. Like, I'm sure he's, like, she's been to, like, self-defense lessons or... (laughs) Now I really want that to have been an episode of the TV show. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it seems like any daughter of, like, Mel Horowitz knows how to take care of herself. Like, there's no... I mean, obviously, there is a scene later on in the film that kind of contradicts this. But this far into the film, I feel, like, confident that that when she's around teenage boys, um, like, on the campus, she can look after herself and there's not going to be any problems. Yeah. Yeah. She has a lot of self-worth and self-confidence. And she just very strongly believes in what she believes. And she doesn't really let anyone challenge that. So, And we cut from that to the introduction of Wallace Shawn, who we will talk about. I think mostly on Friday when he he gets you know some of his his kind of you know a bit more of a speech um, because here he's just basically giving the premise that Cher is about to expound on for for most of this minute and and a, a mm-hmm. bit into the next minute where he's like and this and here's the thing though this question like literally could be asked today um, yeah, and so yeah. let's let's say a presidential debate um, where oh, it's all should should all oppressed people be allowed refuge in America. Uh, Amber will take the composition and Cher will be pro. Cher, two minutes. By the way, she doesn't speak for two minutes. She speaks <laughs> no, for yeah. 45 seconds. But, <laughs> I was going to say, closer uh, to one. Closer to one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I just want to say, like, we meet... Now, um, not getting too much into the behind-the-scenes here at the podcast, but uh, one of my guests last week, Phil Gonzalez, um, before this podcast began, he sent me a pop vinyl of um, Cher Horowitz. Uh, and she sits, <laughs> oh my God. she sits to my... She sits to my left, looking at me as we record. That's adorable. That's awesome. And and um, and the funny thing is, on the box for the pop vinyl, there were two other characters from Clueless that you could get. Uh, one of them is Dion, obviously, and I would have guessed that the other one would have been Ty, but no, the other one is Amber for some reason, <laughs> um, so, which I. I which I don't fully understand, but you know, there you go. She really just stands out more visually. I guess. I mean, I say that Ty's got like four or five different outfits that she goes through in the space of like a couple of minutes. That and Brittany Murphy's dead. That did occur to me. So we get to meet Amber here very briefly. She's because she's introduced that she will take the composition. She kind of gets to talk in the next minute, but uh, Elisa Donovan, who, because I'm doing this with everyone, was 24 when the film was made. Um, She also went from the film to doing the the TV show, uh, playing the same role of of Amber Mariens, they give her surname as. She briefly appeared in Beverly Hills 9021 at the beginning of season six, where she was a friend of Valerie. But since since doing Clueless uh, and the Clues TV show, she hasn't really done uh, much since. Mm. But it's funny because in this film, Amber is kind of set up as she's she's introduced in the opening minute with the kind of the the, the flashy MTV montage, and she kind of hangs around with Sharon Dion. But I don't think she's really she's not their friend. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I think that since, since it was yeah. presumed that she would always hang out with them, I kind of read her as like the member of the friend group that no one really likes. I mm. feel like everyone has one of those. So <laughs> yeah, hang her on. I was going to say that's what I got. That's that, that's the feeling I got that she she's 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 near them a lot. You know, she eats lunch with them. She goes to the mall with them. Like she does stuff with them. Um, but I don't think they ever really consider her a friend. She's a much bigger um, villain I, in the Clueless TV show, to oh. my memory. Um, she's, yeah. She stands out far more as, like, the actual mean girl uh, in opposition to Cher. 
So yeah. it did give us a lot of crazy costume opportunities. So for that, <laughs> we should be grateful, I suppose. Yeah. And it's funny. I'll bring it up here because I don't think there's anywhere else to put it. But um, rewatching the trailer, there was actually a line that was cut and it featured Amber, Dion and Cher in the girls' bathroom. And Cher looks at Amber and goes, wait, did I miss something? Is big hair back? And Amber has like a different hairstyle to what you see for the rest of the film. And that line doesn't appear anywhere in the film. Oh. I don't know hmm. like where it would have been put. Um, but I bring it up here because I think, you know, we, we see Amber very briefly uh, wearing a very distinct outfit. Yeah, her hair did stand out to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as I was saying, she makes him interested in hair choices. Yeah. But yeah, so like it's weird that they, they cut like another a, cut a line. And obviously, I think she gets... Um, Amber gets the button line in the trailer, which is, you know, about, um, well, not Amber, but the line directed at Amber about balls flying at her face. Mm. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so I, I, it's funny because if you haven't seen the film, if you just see the trailer, Amber features quite a lot more in the trailer than she ever does in the oh. film. It's it's really, um, it's kind of interesting uh, that, that this is one of the characters that they emphasized. But, you know, for most of the film, she's kind of in the background. Mm. But, I, I, you know, I like Elisa Donovan. Um, in this film, I think she, you know, she does a good job of, of kind of playing the antagonist uh, to share. Um, although I always feel it's one of those things where if you was to see the film from Amber's point of view, like would... she wouldn't really think about share that yeah. much. Like it wouldn't really be like a factor in her life. But, you know, they have some classes together. So and let's just get into the meat of it, because this is my this is probably like this is the bit which you have to love about this film, which is um Cher's speech um, and the pronunciation of people who live in Haiti um, which Alicia Silverstone says is Haitians yep. <laughs> that was in t that was entirely her n not knowing how to pronounce oh, really? Haitians oh, no. yeah and she did it on the first take and Amy Hecklin loved the way she said it <laughs> that she just kept it so this is the first take of her her doing the speech, at least the parts that where she says Haitian. I, I think that, that that really makes a lot of sense. I think this is one thing that struck me uh, when rewatching this scene is that this is like a very pure example of what the movie, uh, how the movie positions share, which is that we are enjoying her and mm -hmm. not laughing at her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's That's pretty central to the way we're supposed to watch this movie as... Yes, again, this character may well be the butt of jokes or the antagonist in another movie, but uh, we're not going to enjoy this movie if we aren't already in love with Cher and the way she views the world and how sort of pure and charming it is, despite the fact that it is a product of like consumerism and being rich mm -hmm. and being privileged and pretty, that sort of thing. So this is yet another opportunity where the movie immediately gets us on her side in a very unique way. Yeah, her ignorance is more charming <laughs> than alienating. I, I, love as, I love as well that her example of helping people out is <laughs> is a super expensive 50th birthday party where she had two people who didn't RSVP and so she had to get to the kitchen and like set extra like place settings. Like mm. this isn't a major crisis. But I just I love the way I love the way that she puts it as like um, you know the, the sentence where she's like, but some people are all what about the, the strain on our resources? But it's like, and then she immediately like it's she's not answering that question really, but she sort of is yeah. when she's like, you know, I had this party. She'll get called out on it in the next minute. But I just love the like the way she's kind of describing this story 
about, you know, the more the merrier and, you know, and the how she then immediately pulls it around to if the government could just get to the kitchen and rearrange some things. <laughs> and that's where our minute finishes. But I just love this idea of like, you know, if she was president, she would just be like in the kitchen rearranging things. And I, it's just it's like such a charming speech. Um, but of note is the fact that almost nobody in this class is listening to what she's yeah, saying. Yeah, they're all... When, when it cuts between Alicia Silverstone giving the speech and the class, there's a number of them who are just on their phones or talking amongst themselves. Like, they're not... They don't seem to really be paying attention to what she's doing. Um, but, you know, like, that's just that's just my perspective on mm-hmm. uh, on, on what I, uh, what's going on here. It just It doesn't seem like they're really invested mm-hmm. yeah. in... What's happening? Well, I think I think um, what she does is she takes she takes a problem that uh, is completely like she's completely ignorant of, and she kind of tries to bring it down to what she knows and what she can kind of relate to it, and she tries to get a, I don't know, a moral kind of pluck that out of there, and then she kind of finishes with that, and yeah, I, don't, I think it works for it's she's very clearly BSing this project that she should have worked on. But I think she does a decent job of <laughs> bringing something to the table. Yeah, she shows an interest, which I think is, as you said, more than literally anyone else in the classroom is doing yeah, at that point, right. and leaves uh, her teacher kind of flabbergasted <laughs> at how she pulls it out of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, the interesting thing here is that, uh, well, is she she uses a phrase that she was like totally bugging, and. Um, obviously I don't want to spoil like, you know, minute 90, whatever, but, um, there is another character later on down the line who will, who will use that phrase in a kind of like in a humorous way. That phrase I think was real. I've, I've heard that phrase yeah. in like, a lot of like nineties R and B and rap songs. Yeah. That is, that's a real, I think that's one of the, like in terms of like the slang that gets in here, that is a real piece of slang. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they can kind of call back to it later on in the film. Um, but it's interesting that she kind of says it here, but I also like that she, I can't remember how old Dan Hedaya actually was when this was filmed. I think he was like 54. Mm. So I don't know if, we've, if we're to take it that Mel is actually 54 now. If this 50th birthday party, which is what it's revealed to be in the next minute, but was actually like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know how responsible. She was like 10 at the time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what I'm saying. Is like I, she's, she's telling us this story where she hauled ass to the kitchen and she redistributed the food and squished in an extra place set. But I have a feeling that it was Lucy who did all that. I don't think it was Cher. But as this film is, you know, told from Cher's point of view, it's Cher who's the hero of this uh, this story. Um, so you know, I, I think that's an interesting, um, you know, an interesting thing. So, um, do you have anything else for this minute specifically? Do we talk or? about the gum at all? Um, well, oh, go ahead. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You go, go for it, go for it, because it's a lovely detail. Yeah, it's the same color as her outfit. She is so coordinated that much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she, just the way she plays with it is hilarious. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's, it's an, her- an opportunity for her to be, again, like, sexy in a way mm-hmm. that is very intentional and very, like, sort of authorial, even, from the part of Cher herself. Like, she knows exactly what she's doing. Like, she has coordinated the color of the gum to her outfit, and she punctuates a uh, a political speech with this little bit of business. Uh, she does that in the next minute, but in this minute, it sits on her finger. <laughs> For the entire yeah, she takes it out. Pointing. She takes it out before her speech. Yeah, she then... takes it out, puts it on her finger, and and just keeps pointing it. So you, so it's always in your eye line that she's she's got this gum that's color coordinated. Yeah. Uh, but that is a great detail. Like it's one of those things as well that when it's pointed out, you're like, oh my god, that's just such a brilliant thing. Yeah. Like 
I, I wish that films had that level of no, detail yeah. to Every detail in this movie kind of uh, reinforces what the character is. It all makes sense. with it. It's just very well written. Well, if we've covered this minute, I did just want to ask you some questions, some very brief questions, which is, have you seen any other work by Alicia Silverstone? You know, uh, <laughs> I saw The Crush. Yeah? Yeah, because my brother was super into alicia silverstone in this movie and like he went back and watched all of everything she had done around that time so i incidentally saw the crush as a result of that uh, i couldn't think of this name the other week but it has amber benson in as her best friend and she was um tara on buffy mm. uh a few years later um oh no that doesn't ring a bell <laughs> yeah so um i have but also i have only seen her in batman and robin <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. unfortunately, say, I think that's probably the one that that most people have seen. Yeah. Now, I had also seen The Crush, which for which she won MTV Best Villain. I think was the award she won, um, and uh, also um, she did another film, which was like an exploitation thing called The Babysitter, mm-hmm. where she played a babysitter, <laughs> wow. and it was kind of a similar thing as The Crush, where like every man in the film desired her, despite the fact that she was. You know, a young babysitter. Um, and the most recent thing, that obviously, apart from Suburgatory, where she reunited with um, Jeremy Sisto, uh, the most recent thing that I saw her in was uh, this TV show that she had on NBC called Mismatch, uh, where she played a lawyer who was also a matchmaker. Oh. Um, so she was like a matchmaker by night, but a lawyer by day. Oh, nice. Uh, and occasionally, the case, like a uh, lawyer case, would uh, give her the opportunity to set someone up on a date. <laughs> oh God! Uh, How did that get cancelled? What? <laughs> it was like one season, I think, on NBC. Of course, it was on NBC. But I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it over here like a year after it being cancelled, and it was like shown at like ten o'clock in the morning. And I was like, "Oh, well, this is Silverstone," and it's like. What the hell is this shit? Yeah. I think now it's she mostly a... just like goes on talk shows and says weird stuff about like vitamins and <laughs> v- like, I don't know. She's really crunchy now. Yeah. I think that's mostly her thing. She does a lot of like animal at rights advocacy. Uh, yeah, I think actually like she's been like that for like 20 years. I think when this film came out, she was vegetarian. And then I think a couple of years after that, she went vegan. And, like, you know, when they have, like, those awards where they're, like, sexiest vegetarian or whatever, she, like, won that award a couple of times. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So, you know, she's she's been like that for quite a while. Oh, no, I didn't mean to uh, imply that she's, like, disingenuous or anything, but uh, oh, that's, no, that's no. literally the only thing I've seen her do, like, recently. Except, apparently, this new Amy Heckerling movie about vampires that she was in that I haven't seen. Yeah, I did want to see that, but it never it never got a release over here, so... I'll have to check it out at some point, but it, you know, it'd be nice to see if they could uh, work some magic reuniting. But I gather it was not very. good. It was so. made during the brief window of time when Dan Stevens was uh, living in my neighborhood oh. in South Brooklyn when he was on Broadway. <laughs> so he did a lot of like little New York movies, and I think that was one of them. Have you ever seen yeah. him? That's amazing. I haven't, Ooh. unfortunately. I've seen I've seen a, a, a very sort of strange assortment of other people, but never Dan Stevens, though uh-huh. I would wish for it every time I passed Greenwood <laughs> Cemetery, because apparently he hung out in Greenwood Cemetery a lot. Put as many pennies into as many fountains uh, as you could find and hope that Dan Stevens crosses yeah. your path. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and I was also going to say, uh, like, this early on, but um, who is your favorite character, would you say, in the film? Excluding Cher, because obviously we all love Cher, because she's the centre of the film. Um, but who would you say is your favorite character? Uh, probably uh, Ty. 
we haven't yeah. we haven't met Ty yet, but I th- I love how, I mean, she gets kind of mean at some points, but I think that she's sort of of uh, definitely an unruly character in a way that I find uh, very entertaining, and uh, you definitely get the sort of bittersweet value of seeing uh, Brittany Murphy at that time as well, and um, you know her little accent and everything. I just really love Ty and Eric, probably Josh. I mean. That was the first time I had ever seen <laughs> Paul Rudd, like, kind of, and I was taken aback by seeing him. But I, I, think, he, I think he's decent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've covered everything in this minute, and I'm, I'm certainly eager to get on to the, um, <laughs> to, to the, the, the con position tomorrow, which I can only assume is going to be uh, just as stunning as the pro position that we've just seen the start mm-hmm. of. Um, so I'm going to, once again ask for plugs so um i'll start with eric yeah if, you, if you'd like to hear more from me you can follow me at, on twitter at uh, capital e underscore h-a-r-z one one three eight and then uh i've also been on the other uh minute by minute podcasts uh, talking cast and the cast next door listen to those and caroline i am the host of loose cannon the film podcast and i think by the time this episode comes out uh a show that i guested on will have come out on my friend Wendy Mays' show Pet Cinematary, which is about movies featuring animals in some way. And we were talking about uh, the Kelly Reichardt movie Wendy and Lucy, which is very oh, worth yeah. watching uh, if you haven't seen it. Uh, so that should be out by then. That's, that's Pet Cinematary. Yeah, that's a great film. I remember watching that a couple of years ago. It's really I good. love that movie. Yeah. Uh, a little sad. I mean, I don't want to spoil the whole plot of the film. I say plot of the film. There's not much of the plot to that film, but... It's a little sad because she loses a dog. So. Yeah, uh, we wanted to do a dog yeah. movie that was sadder for the human than the dog. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, I'm hoping you can both rejoin me tomorrow for minute six. Absolutely. Uh, sure. Where we we get to we get to hear what Cher thinks is on the Statue of Liberty, uh, <laughs> which is a wonderful turn of phrase. Uh, so thanks to both of you for joining me today. Thanks, Darren. Thank you. Uh, and we will all see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It's produced and edited by Darren Husted. This episode was hosted by me, Darren Husted, with my guests Caroline Fulford and Eric Harzer. Like us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram, As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes or the podcasting app of your choice. And please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.